right, welcome to another episode of Focus XQ Win. Mike Indavo here, and I'm joined by the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert, and best-selling author, Michael Lennington. How do you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Uh, I think we got a good topic today, and uh, we're, you know we're we're in front of a, somewhat of a live audience. Maybe I don't know if anybody's watching or not, but if you are, just put a comment or question in the. Uh, if you have a question for us, put a drop in the comment section, and we'll get to it. Um, I we've been talking a lot about goals and plans. I'm going to tell you guys right now. I got a little derailed, so uh, we have a lot of office space, as you all know, that you guys have been here and you've seen my office space, and um, I've got like way right now we have like almost a thousand square feet of office per person um so i mean we have a lot of office space um so a movie production company because louisville has made it very uh lucrative for movies to be made here in louisville and it's some sort of scary movie michael in case you ever want to go see it a suspenseful thriller the guy who's listen the guy who is the producer on this film his last movie had anthony hopkins in it and he's done a couple nick cage movies and so all that kind of stuff. But uh, so, you know, they they had a, we had a mutual connection and they uh, were looking for some office space. And we're like, hey, we're not using some of our office space. Come and work in our office. It's been a little bit more disruptive, I guess, than what I thought it would be. And so we're going to talk today about we make these plans and disruptions are going to happen. Like, I think. We map out our 12 weeks. We, we, we set our vision. We know when we set our vision, we don't know exactly how we're going to get there because we're going we're gonna to chunk it up and go just step by step, 12 weeks by 12 weeks. But then we set our 12-week goals, and we even prepay the prices of all the obstacles that we think we're going to encounter of how things get in our way. But what do they say? If, if, uh, if you want God to laugh, tell them your, your plans or something like that. Like, uh, right. We just never know exactly what's going to happen, who's going to get sick. Uh, I'm reminded of this was so awesome today. We we had our small group meeting, and Michelle, who's in our small group, who had a stroke. You know, she was just going on with her work day and had a stroke a couple months ago, and she was she got to come to the meeting today, and she looked awesome. And um, but like we just never know what is entailed for us. Like we just don't know what's going to happen, and. That doesn't mean we 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 have to react somehow, right? Like we've got a we got choices to make in those situations. Uh, Michael, yeah, uh, we can we can do nothing, right? Which, <laughs> which sometimes is the right choice. Sometimes it is the right choice. Yeah, I mean, it's but the deer in the headlights strategy is not always the best because no. there's a car behind those lights. <laughs> yeah, and I think by like and there's do nothing as far as terms of like don't make any don't do anything rash, right? no sudden movements or anything like that uh, and uh, really assess where you are. And then there's the do nothing based out of fear. We don't want the do nothing based out of fear or even action out of fear. I mean, sometimes the, the base emotions uh, cause us to take action that, it, that aren't always the most considered. Right. So, so sometimes we make mistakes if we're, if we're acting too soon on stuff because we're not clear on maybe what the best thing to do is we're just acting out of emotion. Sometimes. Absolutely. And good emotion and bad emotion can cause us to make bad decisions, right, Kristen? So yeah, I wanna I wanna back up. Speaking of decisions, I want to back the bus up a little bit and, and talk start at something you said, Mike, about the production company. Um and I'm gonna come out of the gate just swinging, so be prepared. You're gonna get uh -oh. am I gonna be put on the hot seat? 
You are. You are going to get. Oh, man. Get some popcorn. Hold on. (laughs) No, you said, you know, you were a little bit derailed. You know, you had these great intentions and we had these plans. But I was I was taking notes as you were saying that, you know, you you think you're prepaying the cost. And I said, but did you really? Did you really? You know, I don't think it was all it was all really thought through. You know, we looked at all the stuff that was positive but we tend to look at some of the stuff that could potentially be negative. And did you really, did you really confront those potential pitfalls? And when you did, did you say, Oh, well, the things that are positive far outweigh the things that are negative, we can make it work. You're a perfect example of what most people do every single day. Is that we can make it work. It's uninformed optimism. Yes, we've heard of that emotional cycle of change stuff before. Exactly right. And I would say, number one, when I made my 12-week plan, I didn't know that we were going to have a movie production company move into our office. Number two, I think the mistake, you know, so that was uh, something I 100% didn't consider. Like, what if someone wanted to come in and rent our office space and use our office space? Um, Number two, I think the other piece is, I guess I felt like they would be, and again, this is probably my lack of knowledge of working with a lot of creative people. The most creative person that I work with is Ed Daniels. That's, you know, what? You <laughs> Sorry, Ed, you're Ed, creative. I'm, Wait, I'm where joking. have I not seen that? I'm just joking. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm typically surrounded by pretty pragmatic people. And, um, and so I guess the idea that, create that creative person could be contained to a certain area of the office. You know, it just, I definitely did not consider that as much as I would have considered it. Um, they're great people, by the way, I don't want to say they're not saying anything bad about the, but it's been a disruption, you know, like there's sometimes when I like to do, I like to work downstairs in my little coffee, uh, bar room and come up here and whatever else. And it's forced me to relook at my environment for sure. Well, and and something else I want to add to this that we talked about offline that you didn't convey in your your opening statements about this situation was, you know, there is they are different, different culture. They're not a culture that's that's like your office culture. And so your your core values and the culture itself don't they're not aligned. They may mesh. They may kind of interweave and be okay, but that's what's creating all that kind of. I'll call it tension. It's not, it's not a bad tension, but it's tension nonetheless. And it's creating some of that, that discomfort. You're, you're well, just of- because I forgot, I forgot, I actually forgot that we talked about this earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because you're right. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like um, I, I should have asked questions like, well, what kind of movie are you all making? Right. Like whether, and not that people can't make certain genres of movies and still not be good people or whatever else, but like, well, there's some, there's- there's a certain energy with a horror, scary, suspenseful movie that kind of comes with the mindset that you have to be in with your writing, if you're designing sets, if you're whatever else that um, has got to go along with it. Again, not saying they're bad people, but the energy that they're bringing for that project is different than the energy we want to bring for our real estate clients. Absolutely. There's <laughs> we a- do not want your real estate transaction to be a scary situation. Let's put it that way. So, so Synchronicity is off. Yeah, I think that probably has some truth to it. 
Yeah. And I think, I think just kind of coming back to what you were saying earlier, Kristen, cause I, I kind of talked about uninformed optimism, but we have a, we have an ability to fool ourselves. It's kind of like we, we underestimate, you know, we were aware of things, we underestimate the cost. So we kind of put, put a shine on them. And so, because we want something, right. There's something we want badly enough that we're willing to kind of fool ourselves into doing something that isn't necessarily going to be the smartest thing to do. And I'm not saying Mike, that that was true in this case, but a lot of times people make bad decisions, um, knowing in their gut that there's probably some things that they shouldn't be doing in, in that decision. So, you know, we are the easiest people to fool and we fool ourselves all the time. And I think that whenever we get into something new like that, it's easy to pretend we didn't know, but I think the learning comes in, in really kind of going back and say, okay, well, what was I pretending not to know? And then, and then learning from that. So I don't do it again. You know, with the way the market's been the last six, seven, eight months, however long, we're seeing some some big changes, you know, agents moving offices. Um, I just heard of a brokerage lending company that's going to be shutting down. I don't know if it's nationwide. I wasn't clear on that. It might just be statewide in this case. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of talent or there's a lot of uh, professionals that are moving, moving environments, if you want to put it that way. And, you know, some of it's for the good. Some of it comes as a shock because you're not, you didn't, might not be seeing it. But one of the things that I've been talking to people about when we're seeing some of these changes is, did you really not see some of this coming? And one, one particular person I talked to, they said, yeah, when I looked back, you know, there were small things. And each instance that I, I saw these little indicators, they weren't really a big deal. It was just kind of a blip on the radar screen in the moment and it didn't really impact anything that day but as it added up and added up and added up then it became a big deal um so to michael's point what are you pretending not to know what are you just pushing off to the side because you don't think it's a big deal what's that little niggling in the back of your mind that the little thing in your gut that you're saying oh that's not important it really is important and we're not, a, no one's immune to it, whether you're the leader of the organization or just an agent or whatever else, you know, lots of times the, the rules have shifted and that your income has probably shifted. And so anytime that happens, people are going to take a step back and evaluate certain things. But I, I think you've got to be able to evaluate more than you know number one the shiny object syndrome i think when you're evaluating things like this or the grass is greener on the other side all that stuff can kind of come into play if you're not properly evaluating your entire situation what internal factors play what external factors play what could you do better what are you actually looking for in the moment you know so i'm thinking of like for example there's a certain real estate brokerage uh that has grown pretty significantly here recently that targets uh, experienced agents who if they recruit or bring on other people, they get some sort of market share, they get stock options. You know, everyone knows who I'm talking about. I'm not going to really necessarily need to go further than that, but there's, there's people who maybe their income has taken a little bit of a hit. So they decide, Hey, I'm going to, there, here's another income stream for me over here. If I go make this move and if I bring these agents over, I got another income stream over here and I can still operate my business based off all these things. But then they don't necessarily consider all the things that they need to be successful and to truly at the core of our business, do what it takes to succeed 
in the moment to see if where they are is broken. Do they need a change of environment? Do they need a, whatever change they might need? Do they leave a team to go independent? Do they go, do they stop being independent to join a team? Do they close down their brokerage to become a team at a, at a bigger brokerage? You know, there's so many things that could be flying. There's so many options and opportunities that are flying at people in this business. And we're independent contractors. You know, you can make a switch like that. And I think most times it's such an emotional response that you don't take the time to sit down and really map it out. Is this the best thing? You know, you hear, well, the grass is greener on this. I get, I get better splits. I get whatever, fill in the blanks, right? Okay. But what, what are you missing? You know, are you getting leadership development? Are they helping with your, your CE credits? There's just so many things that you don't take the time to consider. And at the end of the day, you know, that grass may look greener, but what I often find is once you've jumped ship and you went over there, it wasn't even grass to begin with. It was AstroTurf or it was spray painted. It's not even real. It was the the AstroTurf that they used for pets to go to the bathroom on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The little pet potties that they have inside. Because at the end, uh, and I think, you know, I can reflect back on my own experience here because uh, in 2011, when I shifted from the brokerage that I was at to, um, to open RE solutions. You know, I remember the process pretty vividly. I would say that I was very in tune to what you were just talking about, Kristen. And we should let Michael talk at some point today uh, of the little things that kind of were starting to nag at me a little bit. You know, I would just pay attention to those whatsoever of those little things that started to nag at me. But the decision was made based off of, and I could have, there was a couple of things where I could have made an emotional decision and left, but over the course of the two years of me getting my broker's license to me, opening up my own brokerage, I, and this was the time again, where the market was, the market was way worse than it was that it is today. Um, and people were making emotional decisions. I left that other brokerage with good feelings saying that this is a great brokerage and then made the decision based off of there are certain things I wanted to do in the business that I can't do here. And I've outgrown the opportunity that was here and I needed something different. And I, and I then pieced it all together in a way that I made a, a logical decision. I talked about this a little bit. If you tune into the morning wake up calls at all, that basically what happened was I, I didn't start with open up an off uh, a brokerage with an office and an assistant and all this overhead. We started working out of my house and we had production goals. And if we got this goal, then we were going to open up the office. And then this goal led to hiring staff and this goal led to adding agents and blah, 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 because I needed to go through that sequence that we've been talking about to make sure that the proper foundation was down so that we could say 12 years later that we would still be in business. I don't want to make change for the sake of making change. But a lot of people do when they're feeling pinched. Boomer, what do you have to add to this? Because I know you're sitting back and listening to all this kind of good stuff. And uh, I don't know if I add anything to it, but it's, in life, there's no such thing as a free lunch. If, if you see some, a sign that says free lunch, there's some price you're paying. They're just not telling you what it is. And so, you know, you may be feeling pain in the moment where you are and, and, and you have this tendency to look at, at 
the other side of the fence and, and say, you know, that, that looks great over there, but generally it's not. And, and we have, we have an ability, we have an ability to see what we want to see and hear what we want to hear. And, um, and then make, make those decisions based upon emotion. And I think that's, that's just what, what happens. So, you know, when you were talking, Mike, about leaving the place because you had a good feeling for the place, right. And, and yet there were things you couldn't do that, that you wanted to do. I think that's an important way of looking at change because if you, if you really, if you're not happy where you are um, and you're blaming where you are and you're looking for those things to go away, you, you go somewhere else because those things won't be there, but there's other things. Right. And so if you're going towards something that, that you can, that you can now do that you couldn't do before, that makes a lot of sense. But if you're, if you're running from something cause you're looking for, for a better deal somewhere else, that very often doesn't work very well. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, some stuff is better. Some stuff isn't there. Like you were talking about Kristen. And so it's that, it's that banquet of, or that, that, um, that collection of goods that, you know, you, you end up, well, I wish I hadn't moved. And, and I think that's where, where a lot of people make changes that are bad from relationship to relationship to relationship or business opportunity to business opportunity. It, you know, you can track a lot of different, different patterns like that. Well, and how many people really take the time to sit down and evaluate what their long-term needs are versus just the pain of the moment? Mm -hmm. Okay, so my income's been cut, you know. Going to a different brokerage for a different split or taking on a client who you know is going to be oh, a nightmare, now. okay? Yes. It's not just about switching brokerages. It's about choosing to work with people that don't line up with your core values that you wouldn't work, you wouldn't have worked with two, three, four years ago, right? Absolutely. And now we're, we're taking on anybody. And it's not, it's, it's not taking the time to sit down and say, what is it? I need to do for me that's not only going to benefit me in the moment, but it's going to help me reach those longer term milestones of things that I need and I want. And I love how you just said that, Kristen, because at the end of the day, when we make those kind of compromises, we actually end up putting blinders on that sh that that shield us from recognizing the opportunities is that we actually do want to attract. So well, we, you fill up your capacity and then you don't have time for the right people. But and you fill but the way you fill up your capacity is different than you than when you uh if you are working with the right people, right? Like when if I'm working with the right person, it fills me up. If I'm not working in a situation with the right people, then I get drained, or I also have to got to figure out how to adapt the way I perform based off this new situation over here, you know, because it is. It, it looks on the surface like it's it's simple. It's just real estate. I'm only doing this. But at the end of the day, like it can be very, very different. So, um, you know, we are we've got to we got to understand, like, again, at the end of the day, production company comes in here. They're going to use office space. Glad the office space is being used by somebody that doesn't take into account the energy that they bring or the disruptions that they that they have and then they're causing at that point it's it's a it's something that i've got to overcome so that i can still be effective and i've i've come up with ways to do that um and so that it wouldn't slow me down um you know i started working more from home both kids are working all day anyway so it's quiet it's good it's good energy for me at home i got a shielded office there so i don't have to just worry about doing things i shouldn't be doing while i'm at home right um watching tv or doing whatever else and so 
yeah, I, I think ultimately you're exactly right about that. Adding in that anytime we are compromising our values, and Michael, I love what you said about are we running towards something or are we running away from something? And, you know, there's certain, obviously, like if you're in an abusive relationship, you should be running away from that 100%, yeah. but you're actually running towards healthy relationships or you're running towards uh, putting yourself in a safe situation. Not You're not as much as you're running away from someone who is putting you in a bad situation. Are you running towards something or are you running away from something? And um, and then making sure that you're making value-based decisions. And I love the quote. If you're if your values are clear, your decisions are easy. Don't compromise who you are. Don't compromise those values because you're starting to feel a pinch. Stay true. Stay authentic. Stay real. Anything else? That's good for me. Before you run. Yeah. Surround yourself with people you trust. Yes. You have a board of directors, Mike, that you talk about all the time. Two, two, two different boards of trustees, but yes. And trustees. So create, I, I would tell everybody they need to have their own little, I don't want to call it a wham group because it goes so much. It is a, a board of trustees. It's people that you trust. You tell them the good, the bad, the ugly. You tell them how you feel. You tell them why you feel that way. And you give them permission to tell you what they think as well. Because not, they're not going to tell you, in some cases, what you want to hear, but they're going to tell you what's best for you to hear. And that's not always easy. So you have to be able to give people that space to be able to do that for you. And it is powerful when you have a group of people that support you like that. And I think uh, I go back and I think about, you know, really what we're talking about at some layers, this, some level of brokenness in all of us, so what we all have. And what is that Japanese or Chinese art of taking the gold and putting things back together and um, and you can make something stronger and better than what it was before? You all know what I'm talking about. Like where you take like a gold filler and like you, if it's a broken pot, you have the gold uh, filler. Man, hold on. Let me – I totally did not plan on saying that. So like it, it caught me off guard and I thought you guys would – catch right on with what i was saying <laughs> uh, but you know it happens but we can take difficult situations we can take brokenness and brokenness is an op uh, an opportunity for us to uh improve and make things better it's all right, Michi, Michi said that if it doesn't kill you it's probably good for you that's right right so it's kids Kins- died crazy in an insane asylum so kintsugi is what it is kintsugi mm-hmm. is what i'm talking about um so that's when you can Take your brokenness, put it back together with gold. Just make something beautiful. All right, everybody, have a great day, and join us next week on Focus, Execute, Win.